Hi, this is Mark Raven. Welcome to episode 180 of Lean Blog Audio. It's February 13th, 2017. Today's post is titled, Lessons Ford and the UAW Learned in Japan in 1981 Still Apply Even in Healthcare. I grew up around Detroit. I started my career at General Motors in 1995 after two summer internships at Ford. I'm fascinated by the history of the auto industry in the 1980s and 1990s. The era when pride, poor quality, and slow change caught up to them. Hence my interest in the book Comeback and my podcast with Steve Barra, who is featured in that book. And you can find links um, to everything I'm talking about here at leanblog.org slash audio 180. During the 1980s, many in the Detroit auto industry were in denial about the Japanese competitive threat led by Toyota. Many thought they were beneficiaries of currency manipulation and other favorable government treatment. Many didn't know or were in denial that the Japanese automakers had a different way of leading what we'd now know as the Toyota production system, the Toyota way as codified in 2001 or lean. When I visited the library papers of Don Eflin, one of the documents I found was a trip report from when a delegation of Ford and UAW leaders visited Japan in 1981. Eflin was the lead Ford representative for the union. So in the blog post, again, you can go to leanblog.org slash audio 180, you can see the cover of a 1981 report titled Japanese Automotive and Related Industries. What was the purpose of the trip? To learn so they could better compete in the auto industry. It was labeled a quote unquote joint activity, meaning the automaker and union were in partnership. The itinerary for the Japan trip included press conferences and media appearances, Touring plant number nine of the Camigo Toyota complex in Toyota City. It opened in 1965 and is still producing engines today. Meeting with Toyota union representatives to talk about labor management relations, operating practices, wages, and related payments and employee benefits. Visiting Toyo Kogyo, the name of Mazda's parent company. Visiting NKK, a steelmaking shipbuilding company. And other governmental meetings, including the Canadian Embassy. The document summarizes their observations, including highlights from a talk by Dr. Noritake Kobayashi, professor at the Keio University graduate. As it says, some of the reasons for the high-level success in Japanese industry are summarized on these pages, and, and there are three document pages in the blog post. But from those, what stands out from a lean perspective? On the first page, it says, cooperative employer-employee relations and primary objective of most businesses is long-term growth and not generating short-run profits or dividend payments. There's a reason that point number one of the Toyota way, as distilled by Professor Jeffrey Likers says, quote, base your management decisions on a long-term philosophy, even at the expense of short-term financial goals. For all of the organizations out there that say they are implementing lean, How many of them have executives focusing more on the long term? Is the lack of fidelity to point number one on the list a reason for the high rate of so-called lean failures? Seems like it. As Dr. W. Edwards Deming would have said, the elements of the Toyota way are a system. Toyota today describes their approach as an integrated system. Why would you expect to be able to cherry pick bits and pieces and be as successful? When people tour Japan in 1981 or today, there's a risk that people see just tools and tactics to copy instead of seeing a system. 
Back to Kobayashi's points, it says, individual achievement is discouraged and group achievement is encouraged. This promotes teamwork and the sharing of information and ideas with other employees through quality circles. Expanding the knowledge of the group is viewed as a company asset, end of quote. American culture is considered to be much more individualistic, but I've seen leaders create an environment where people work and learn and share in teams. You can come see this at Franciscan St. Francis Health in May. Go to kaizenlive.com to learn more. Kobayashi added other factors that led to success. Companies avoid layoffs to reduce manpower. Where necessary, headcount reductions are accomplished by stopping recruiting, not replacing attrition losses, relocating employees to more productive sections of the business, and increasing the use of temporary employees, end of quote. A major barrier to lean success is companies and health systems today that focus too much on cost-cutting, as is their old habit, and rely on layoffs for cost-cutting. The most successful lean organizations today make a similar commitment to their employees, as I've written about before. An old lesson from 1981, again, is really relevant today. It also said in the document, costs can be reduced where necessary by all employees taking voluntary pay cuts. Now, I wouldn't suggest that today unless it was a dire emergency. In Japan, as I learned in my 2012 visit, Organizations, if they need to do this, start the pay cuts at the top. Executives take pay cuts first, and then, if necessary, things cascade down eventually to the front line. When times get better, the pay increases happen in reverse. Frontline employees first and executives last. It's more common in the U.S. and other countries for executives to slash worker pay and maintain their own pay, if not giving themselves big bonuses for cutting costs. Kobayashi also said, employees are encouraged to improve the company by submitting their ideas on all aspects of the business. That's the Kaizen model of continuous improvement, which is very different than the old-fashioned suggestion box system we still had at GM in 1997. Some companies and healthcare systems have that culture of Kaizen today, but we need more of it. It also said in the document, 92% of the major companies in Japan have a formal system for the submission and processing of employee ideas. About 13.5 million suggestions were submitted by employees in 423 companies of all types in 1979. Adoption rate was 24%. I think this goes to show that not all idea systems or Kaizen programs or suggestion systems are created equal. The benchmark at Toyota is said to be about 90% implementation rate for ideas. Franciscan St. Francis Health has similar rates in some of their sites and departments. Some of our Kinexus customers are also at that 90% plus rate. Across all of our customers, the adoption rate is about 75%. That's because a Kaizen process keeps decision-making in the hands of local teams most of the time. It's not about processing ideas and submitting them all upward. That's a suggestion box or ideation process. It usually leads to just 2 or 3% implementation rates at best. I bet some of the Japanese companies in 1981 still had what was basically a suggestion box process. I saw that at some companies I've, I've visited in my two times there, a traditional suggestion box. Toyota is not the same as all Japanese companies. It also said in the report, total quality circle TQC concept i.e. reduce waste and increase productivity, applies to all functions of an organization, including marketing, sales administration, etc., 
and is used in all types of businesses. As I saw during my trips to Japan, TQM and quality circles are still active there today. There's a good lean lesson there again about applying these methods to all types of businesses and all parts of the organization. Kobayashi also added, employee participation in quality circles has benefited the employees, parentheses, self-improvement and pride in work and company, and the companies, parentheses, it says, positive results from implementing collective ideas. Now we see this in great lean or Kaizen cultures, including at Franciscan St. Francis. There's mutual benefit to participating in improvement. It becomes addictive. People start doing Kaizen at home, as we wrote about in chapter 12 of our book, Healthcare Kaizen. And why do they do that at home? Because it's their choice. You can see that in um, chapter 12 of the book. I've linked to that um, in the blog post. Again, that's leanblog.org slash audio 180. It's always a choice to participate in a lean or Kaizen. Smart leaders create an environment that encourages people to participate rather than forcing them to do so. I'm gonna continue going through this Ford UAW document in future posts. But one other point from that part of the document said, quote, belief that the Japanese automakers cannot continue to export finished units without establishing production facilities overseas. This was a few years before GM and Toyota signed their joint venture agreement for the NUMI plant, something that Don Eflin was directly involved in, and I'll blog about more. And that's before Toyota opened their Georgetown, Kentucky plant. I think it's all really interesting history, but more importantly, I think these posts from 1981, these points from that article are pretty relevant today on many levels. I'd love to hear what you think. Go to the blog post, leanblog.org audio 180.